0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Well, we got uh, some interesting things lined up for you today. At about 1 o'clock, we'll be joined by my good friend Dennis Wazak. He covers the Jets for the AP. Yeah, we got to ask him. (laughs) When is this Aaron Rodgers situation going to go? That's one of the things, but I'm really curious, too, about the Elijah Moore situation and why He was traded, and and what happened with him? He was a promising pick for the New York football Jets. And his first season, he showed you some stuff that you kind of thought he could be a foundational piece in the receiving core of this team. What happened? It started with a little bickering last season, and now he's in Cleveland, happy to be with Deshaun Watson. So we'll talk with Dennis Wazak and see what else the Jets are going to do. That's at 1 o'clock. At 2.30... We're going to be joined by my good friend, Freddie Coleman. You know, Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Fitzsimmons. They follow Gordon and I Monday through Thursday on ESPN New York tonight at 10 or whenever the Knicks and Rangers and Islanders finish their post games. And then we go right into midnight and then uh, Freddie and Ian Fitzsimmons pick everything up. So I want to give Freddie uh, some thoughts, get his thoughts on a couple of things like this NCAA tournament. When's the last time there was not a number one seed in the final four? I mean, that happens this year. And there's some things going on in the NFL that we want to talk with Freddie about. So he'll join us at 2.30 here on 98.7 ESPN. But we begin, as I saw a moment, with the New York Knicks. And I have a poll question up for you. At hardest, the ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Here's the poll question. The Knicks have seven games left. Four at home and three on the road. Only two of those opponents that they face have winning records. That would be Miami and Cleveland. Where will the Knicks finish in the East? Will it be 6th, 5th, or will they have the total meltdown and end up in 7th? Bing bong! Tom Thibodeau, after the unconscionable loss <laughs> unconscionable loss says we're not in the great place right now
2: right now like our team is just we're, we're out of sorts and so you have to pull together when you, you go through rough times and you know you get into things together you get out of things together so it's just we have to do it do everything a lot better and we have to be committed to doing it as a team there's going to be ups and downs that we have to navigate. Everyone does. And we can't lose sight of, you know, what we're trying to get accomplished.
1: Now, a lot of conversation about Julius Randle losing his cool. He has gotten texts in the last three games. His shooting was not great in the Orlando loss. He was kind of reverting back to some of the things that he's done previously that you really are disappointed with him. Uh, forcing up shots, it's almost like he's trying to show everybody that he is—he can't be stopped the way Atlanta did in, in the playoffs two years ago now. And so he gets in these situations where he's just trying to do too much and trying to be the guy and trying to be. And so he, he wants every foul, and there's not a moment that he does not argue a foul call. So Tom Thibodeau was asked after the loss, does Julius Randle need to do a better job maintaining his cool?
2: There's emotion involved, so you you know, you want the emotion to get out of it and then you you know, sometimes we, when you talk, you, it clears the air. So that's good, you know, but you also don't want you, you allow for idiosyncrasies as long as it doesn't get in the way of winning. You know, nothing can get in the way of winning. The team always has to come first. And so everyone's responsible for that
1: and Emmanuel Quickly was trying to be responsible. So there's a lot of things that's going on with this Nick team right now. And let's start with the defense, which is something that really has shown its ugly head a lot this season, right? When when you look at this Nick team and their identity, we talk a lot about teams and their identity. What what do they have to do? Do they live up to their to their identity? What is their identity? Well, the Knicks' identity is not offense, okay. even though they've been scoring reasonably well for most of the season. Their identity is defense. Their identity, this team was built around getting stops. That's what Tom Thibodeau's calling card is. He's a defensive guy. And he usually does a nice job making adjustments to teams that really do well offensively against him. But over the past week or so, he's not really done that. And... The question remains, is it fatigue? Is it guys losing uh, their, tuning him out? Is it lack of communication? Well, Dave and Rick, who host our morning show, DPH and Rothenberg, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10, they had that question, and they debated, is it minutes, or is it just injuries, or is it a long season? If in fact that
0: is happening, that the team is wearing down because Tibbs plays them too much, that's a bad job coaching this team, Rick. It is. You can say that, but it's also—I mean, it's—it's. It's, what are your options? But you have to realize that you, you're you're in a, a long play here. You're not. You can't go all in every single night. Right, but they haven't solidified a playoff spot yet. Though. I'm not saying to rest guys, but every night does does Randall have to play 39 minutes, or could he play a little less? That's a question you have to ask Tibbs.
1: Alright, so the guys are going back and forth and, and let's listen, listen, Rick is right. You have to continue to play guys because you, you haven't clinched the playoff spot. Milwaukee has. <laughs> Boston has. You haven't. You could slide. Okay, you've got seven games left. And the way this team is played, they usually play better against good teams. Well, four of these seven games are against teams under 500. Does that mean they're going to be 0-4? 1-3? and, 4, 1 and 3? I mean, I don't know what to make of this team. So, the identity of this team is struggling, and it's defense. And the defense is not good. They don't close out on the three. They don't go over the screen on the pick and roll. There's a They, they leave the lane open. Nobody can stay with their guy. All right, so whoever the center is has to move up, and then when he moves up to help cut off the, the, the penetration into the paint, his man goes right to the basket. There's either a pass to the basket or there's somebody else open on the wing or in the corner. And so they have not been able to figure out how to get this done. Very simply. And Walt Clyde Frazier talks about it all the time. Stay with your guy. You don't have to switch on everything. Stay with your guy. If you have to switch, then you switch. But if you stay with your guy, that would help you out a lot. That's the first thing. The second thing is the communication on this team defensively and even offensively is not good. It's not. And I do think fatigue has played a part. And Dave is right. Thib, Thibodeau plays guys too long. We know that. We always talk about him using his bench. Well, he's not going to use his bench because when he cut it to nine, the team responded. And so he's not going to go against that. And to be fair, when some of the guys, the starters have gone to the bench, the bench players haven't responded. So now Tibbs is like, I got to stay close to this game. I got to go back and bring my starters in maybe earlier than I want to. So that's a part of the issue. The other thing that has really, really jumped out is pace. Now, when the Knicks are playing well, they play up-tempo. That's when they are really at their best. That's when you see the lobs to Mitchell Robinson. That's when you see the penetration, the drive and dish, when they push the basketball. And I get it, when you're not shooting well and te- and you're not playing good D, it's hard to push the basketball when it's coming out of the net. So they have to do a better job defensively. But if they could push the basketball, it would make things much easier for them in the off- on the offensive end. And then you're not getting Randall trying to do the Randall spin cycle late in the shot clock, especially in the last two to three minutes of a game, trying to force up a shot or having the ball stripped or a jump pass that's that's leads to a turnover going the other way. And finally, the other person that you really and we've been talking about him and talking about him and talking about him all season. And he's really had he this might be his most inconsistent season as a pro. And that's RJ Barrett. And We talked about it. Gordon and I spoke about it with Alan Hahn, who popped on with us on Thursday night. He needed to be the guy. He has been the guy that Tom Thibodeau looks to get the offense running through on that bench. That's why he gets pulled out maybe two or three minutes before the first two or three minutes left in the first quarter to come back in at the start of the second quarter to be the offensive focal point for that second unit. All right? And against Orlando, he was awful. And listen, he's had defensive issues. He's always had defensive issues. But not to the extent that he's had defensive issues this year. He's not done a good job. And he he needed to be the guy and needs to be the guy as they move forward when they go to that bench. Because if he's not the guy, where does that scoring come from? Does it come from quickly? Does it come from (laughs) Toppin? There's not a lot of options. Okay, obviously Josh Hart. But there's times where he's more of a defender and playmaker than he is a scorer. I would love him to score more because I think he can. Especially if uh, RJ's not doing what he's supposed to do. So it's an interesting situation. And of course... In a perfect world, you would love to see the Knicks round into shape as you go into the postseason. You really don't want to see your team struggling going into the postseason. You really want to be rounding into shape, kind of solidifying your rotations, understanding what guys are doing. And if you can steal some minutes to Rick's point, if you can steal some minutes and you know get play Randall 33 instead of 39, or uh, play uh, Brunson uh, 30 instead of 36, especially with the nagging injuries that he's got with the hand and the foot, uh, that would be ideal. But right now, the Knicks are not in that spot. They have to work hard. And this game against the Houston Rockets tomorrow night is a really important game for this team. And it should be a situation where you could consider resting Brunson and or Randall, but you can't because you haven't clinched anything and you need to solidify your your, your play better because you've not played well at all. You've not looked good over these past couple of games. one 800 919 When we return, we'll hear from Alan Hahn, and we'll check out on our poll question and talk to you on the phones. All that's next. Hardesty on a Sunday on 98.7
0: ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This team right now needs a break from each other and just from games because they were. They were on a torrid pace, and they were on a four-game trip to the West Coast, and then they went down to Florida almost immediately after that to play two back-to-back games. They have three days off right now. And anybody that's from the old days, the 90s, you'll know this reference when I say it. Right now, like last night on the flight back from Miami, this is the moment where Pat Riley asks the pilot to divert the flight to Reno, and he hands a whole bunch of chips out to the players and says, come back in 36 hours. Don't want to see. Get away, get it out of your system. Whatever you need to get involved in to just get your mind refreshed, get your body refreshed, do it, come back, and then let's get to work. Because that's really where this team is right now.
1: You are so right, Alan. <laughs> you are so right. Alan Hahn from Bart and Hahn said, the Knicks need this three-day break. It's Hardesty on a Sunday on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, he's right. That would be that unscheduled trip somewhere just to relieve the tension, get away from each other, do what they need to do, argue, discuss, whatever. Whatever. That's what the 90s Knicks would do. He's he, Alan's a 1,000% right. Thousand percent right, and usually that would respond in, you know, them coming together and getting a reboot and trying to get squared away. And Alan's right that the schedule was not kind to them, especially with the limited bench rotation that Tibbs uses. But going in, you know what you you know what to expect. You know, you know what this team is. You know, you're gonna play. That's the one thing. If you come here. And you're one of the guys that's in the in the in the rotation, you're gonna play. <laughs> you don't have to worry about will I get minutes? Oh, you'll get minutes. There's no question. You will get minutes. Said to the phones. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike start us off.
3: Okay, we're waiting for this. I could start in many different ways, but uh, we've been going back and forth. There's nothing new here that we haven't seen. You make me laugh, and I love hearing you laugh, as I've told you for years. Uh, It's almost a, a nervous reaction. You can fix this. You can fix this right now. Uh, for the youngsters who listen in, and anyone's younger than me, uh, the 64 Phillies uh, lost 10 games in a row and then won a one-game playoff and then went on to lose in the World Series. Revisionist is history. Riley has been known to do that. Tibbs is not known to do that. Tibbs is under five hundred in the playoffs. But he's had some pretty good teams. So what do we do here? You're not going to go below nine. I've heard many solutions from many people who I really admire and know the NBA like I feel I do and you do and Alan does and my buddies do and the people that call in do. Uh, It's just you you can't take Randall out. You'll destroy the guy. Uh -uh. The precipitous drop off. I know I've said this on other programs. This is my time of the year. It's possible, and, and I, don't want to say, I don't wish this on anybody, for the Knicks to beat Miami and not win another game and still get in, but I'm not going down that route. Nothing's impossible now. They've lost their focus. They don't do what you said on the screens properly. They could put in their two athletic defenders, Sims and, and Grimes, and then and, um, McBride and, and give a little relief, but what is he going to do? Put him in with 45 seconds to go? None of that's happening, Larry. None of it. Barrett has, as he's had the worst defensive transition, it's all tractable. You could just look it up. Defensively, he's curtailed his offense by taking fewer shots and going to the rack, like you suggested. But the key people here, I'm a little concerned with Brunson's hand or wrist or whatever it mm-hmm. is, kind of covered it up. Randall is such a tortured soul. Again, I'm saying it over and over again to anyone that takes offense with it. I mean, 94 by 50. He gets on the floor. He changes. He changes in the last three or four minutes. We all know it. We all see it. So do the other teams. So they're not going to double him. They're going to triple him. You can't throw him the ball. You can't use it as a decoy. So here's where I come down to, and I'm looking forward to everyone calling in because it's therapeutic for all of us. Mm -hmm. We have a solution, but we can't take Randall out with three minutes to go. You can't. You'll kill the guy's career. So what you have to do is hold Brunson's. Well, you have to pick it up and run some pin downs for Grimes. You could see what he could do, take him off the best offensive player, give him to someone else because he's tiring doing it both ways. My buddy who went to City College, and I'll get off in a second, said, ask Larry, same thing. When you play hard on defense, it affects your offensive game. I'll leave you with this, and I want to hear your comment on maybe taking Grimes, who's their best shooter to me, not even Mm -hmm. close, he said, but when when he squared up, taking him off the best offensive player for at least half the game, and have a great and I'll talk to you tomorrow night and let's hope we win that game. Nothing is certain.
1: <laughs> You're right, Spike, especially with this Nick team. Thanks for the phone call. Nothing is certain. There's no question about that. I will say this, and, and I agree with you that you could take take the leading take him off the leading defender. Uh, Julius, you could do that. But the other thing, and I told you uh Spike as as I mentioned as well, that I have a been blessed with a lot of great relationships and conversations with people over the years that I've had the chance and been blessed to be in this business and I was talking to a good friend a couple of weeks ago about a week or so ago and I asked him about Julius Randall and his suggestion was very simple and I and he did it once or twice and then he reverted back and see that's the issue Uh, to paraphrase the great Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan until they get hit. (laughs) And so when, so you practice it and you practice it. And when the pressure comes, you tend to revert back to what you're trying to practice and correct. Um, There were a couple of occasions when Julius Randall faced the basket. Okay. As opposed to putting his back and dribbling, going into uh, what Alan Hahn calls the spin cycle or the Randall handle. And, that way, you you have a better chance of seeing the double team coming. The other thing that he really needs to do for me is make a quicker decision. Know what you're doing when you get the basketball, okay? because you've got people standing around. they don't know what you're doing. They're trying to stay away because if they move towards you, now you've got another defender coming. All right. So if this way, if you're facing the basket, you'll be able to see better as opposed to posting up with your back to the basket. Because as soon as, as soon as you turn and by the way, he's not alone. Everybody does it. And that's, that's how you take, you go to the blind side. That's, that's elementary. All right. But it's, if he was facing the basket and then put the ball on the floor, going and moving, facing the basket, it would be easier to do. He would cut down on some of those turnovers and he could get into the offense quicker. The other thing is too, the Knicks have to get into their offense quicker. They just do, and it just drives me nuts. And sometimes it's it's not as much Brunson, but it, it's quickly where you're slowing it down because you want to take time off the clock because you're holding the lead, but you have to still get into your offense quicker and move, okay? And guys, stop moving. There's just there's just so much. You sit back and you nitpick and you nitpick and you nitpick. See when they were winning and when they were rolling. I mean we didn't have these conversations because they were winning. And even though they may have had some tough uh, spots in the game, they were still coming back to win. Now that you're seeing them play the way they're playing, they're not responding. And once again, they they just they just seem lackadaisical. They seem bored. They 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 just they're just not playing well. This is a huge game against the Houston Rockets. Tomorrow night, it is. You need to see good play. You need to see them come out and just make a team pay. And I am concerned about Brunson. And I think you may have to start limiting, you know, you may have to start cutting back on his minutes. You need him healthy for the postseason. And understand this. Teams are going to try to take the ball out of his hands and Randall's hands. In the postseason in certain parts of the game. You have to, because those are the key guys in the offense. That's why a Quentin Grimes who can hit the has a has a great release and a quick release. And when he's on fire, he's fabulous. That's why you love him with his defensive abilities as well. But listen, Tibbs may have to start thinking about rotating guys defensively on people and not sticking with the same guy, giving them giving guys different looks. But for me, the biggest defensive issue is the inability to close out on the three and the dribble penetration forcing the center to come cut off the penetration and then nobody picking up the backside cutter who's going to the basket. one 800 919 More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN
1: one 800 919 3776 Talking Knicks with you. We'll turn our attention to the New York Jets with our guest Dennis Wazak of the AP at the top of the hour. Right now, let's talk to Bisco in Stamford. Bisco, you are next on 987.
4: Yes, Mr. Larry, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I have a couple of points. Go. First, um with the Knicks. Um, you're absolutely right. Maybe the, you know, they need to cut down on Julius Randle's minutes. But what about this kid Hart, man? They need to give him some more minutes. Simple reason why I say that is because when they acquired him, when they when he came to there, they won like six in a row, I believe. And go back to what was working when they win. And he was really giving them a lift.
1: Do you agree with that? I agree with that a thousand percent. Now, what's happened is I don't think, Bisco, and thanks for the phone call, I don't think his minutes are dropping, but what he's doing during those minutes, it seems to have changed a little bit. When he first came here, he seemed to be more of a scorer, right? And he was, listen, he's still doing the hustle. He's still diving on the ball, diving on the floor for loose balls. He's crashing the boards. He has not changed that at all. His defense has, that effort has not changed, but it looks as though that he's just, he picks his spots where to score and over the past maybe two or three games he's not as aggressive scoring as he was when he first uh joined the team now for me i think he's he's his minutes are, are about the same uh he's finishing the games that's that's been consistent on the fourth in the fourth quarter late in the games he's on the floor and he's earned that and rightfully so but maybe he just needs to be a bit more aggressive offensively because that's where I think that there's occasions where he um, he he's just not you know he's just not being aggressive looking for a shot. Maybe he's trying to let other people get get their points. Maybe he's trying to take a step back. Uh, at this point, he needs to be as aggressive as possible, uh, especially late in games for this Nick team. Manny's in Flushing. What's up, Manny?
4: Um, I'm good, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great, Manny. What's happening? Yeah, uh, I mean listen, I mean if you look at the game, those last three games, the last two teams that not known for their offense. I mean, the Wolves, even without call Anthony Towns and and um Anthony Edwards, they um they allowed them to hit plus of threes, in particular Tara Fritz. That guy was unstoppable. I mean, he was like um um Steph Curry in, in, <laughs> uh, in with braids. Yeah. And then the next game, they let that dude, um, I believe it's Vincent Hit a bust of threes, and then last and then the last game in the fourth quarter, I believe the Magic hit like seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Knicks, uh, unfortunately, they have not defended three very well. I mean, let's be let's be real. They has been going off the last couple of years. I mean, remember two years ago when they won forty one games, they were great defender the three defensively.
1: Mhm. They were.
4: And mhm. And now. And now is they have aggressive the last couple of years.
1: Well, I'll say this, Manny, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, This year especially, scoring has been way up in the league, way up. Everybody's shooting threes better. Everybody's being more aggressive offensively. There's not a lot of defense overall that's being played. But when you talk about this Nick team, and as I mentioned earlier, Manny, it is the fact that they are just not closing out on the three. They are some on some occasions they're not even putting their hand up on the three. Now look, do I want them to go flying out at the three and then foul somebody for a four-point play? No, but you just have to be close enough where you put your hand up where there is some obstruction. And I get the fact that they're passing. but see, part of this Manny is the fact of the dribble penetration is causing people to help. Because a, a offensive player gets by the defender, and now when you get back, because you have been sucked into the paint, and the the uh, you know the areas around the three point top of the key, elbow, and corners are now open, you now have to run, and get over to the open person, and so that's why they're having trouble closing out the free the three. They have to to a better job in their one-on-one defenses, then you won't, if people are able to stay with their guy, then people can stay home. Then you don't have these wide-open shots that's killing you. And yeah, the reason why teams aren't really good shooters is because usually they're being harassed from three. Well, when you're wide open, th- these are NBA players. Okay? Wide-open shot. Guys can hit wide-open shots. And that's what the Knicks are giving up right now. So that's the biggest issue that, that you have with them on, on the defensive side of it. It's the fact that they are not closing out because they have too far to go because the penetration is sucking everybody in, which I get. You don't want to have easy baskets, but you also can't leave people open at the three. So it's really incumbent upon their footwork, as Walt Frazier always says, their footwork playing you know playing defense with your feet, not with your hands, and that's what they have to do. And once again, on offense, you know, listen, this team has done a tremendous job as far as crashing the boards and getting second and third opportunities. And, you know, like I said, when they push the pace, they're a much better team. That's what they have to continue to do. And that will take some of the pressure off, you know, the threes as well. But they, they just they just have to do a better job closing out on the defensive They just do. Because if they don't, it's going to be an issue it's going to be an issue and look you look at you look at what the nets did to Miami last night i mean they just the, the nets the, Miami was never in that game i mean the nets were by 30 at one point in that game and you, so you're looking and you're like what, what 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 Miami you're almost not concerned about Miami when you see how they get Lit up. But they are so much like you, you being the Knicks, they are so much like you that they keep things, they keep it close. And for me, the loss in Miami was very troubling. A, it was clear that Jimmy Butler wasn't going to let them lose to the Knicks again. But see, I I, I think they are physical the Knicks, which is something that very rarely happens. Okay, the Knicks are usually a physical team, and they usually respond to that. And they did not respond to that in Miami. And yeah, they left open people hitting the three. And Miami is not really a three point shooting team, as is Orlando. So, once again, tomorrow night will tell us a lot about what's happening with this Knick team. Our poll question. At Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM reads as follows. Knicks have seven games left, four at home, three on the road. Only two of those opponents have a winning record. Where will the Knicks finish in the East? Sixth, fifth, or will they drop to seventh? We'll update our poll numbers next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Knicks have been
1: one of the better road teams in the NBA this season, right? So you're like, okay, that's a positive. But you would like for them to get on a roll at home as well, and they've been playing better at home except for these last couple of games. And I don't want to be, I don't want to come off as a prisoner of the moment to say, oh my, to, to just throw away what everything has been for the, for the season so far, right? Because really, understand this, if you had said to me at the beginning of the season that the Knicks would have would be would have the fifth seed with seven games left to go in the season, I would be like, "What? Really? No, you, you can't be no. But once again, as their play improved, it causes you to recalibrate your expectations and recalibrate what you look for. And and what is expected from this team, and so everybody has slumps. Every team goes through slumps. You understand it. You get it. The injuries to Brunson was major because of what he's meant to this team. You get it. All those things you get. And if they had lost the games, um, with with them closing out on the three and you know playing well and rebounding and doing what they normally do, then you just took it and said, listen, guys, guys had better nights. As I was telling Allen and Gordon on Thursday, you know how it is with teams that are out of the postseason now? They look forward to beating teams who are in the playoffs, who are trying to change, get to the postseason, improve their playoff position. They get revved up for teams like that. They look for teams. They're ready to go. They put out their biggest effort late in the season. We have nothing to play for, but we're going to give you not beating us tonight. And so there's a mental focus that you have to have when you play against teams that, are, that have nothing to prove, like Houston tomorrow night, like Orlando that you lost to uh, the other on Thursday night, that these are the, these are the issues you have, and so you have to be ready and focused to go in there and do your best. And really, they didn't. They did not give you their best effort. They did not, and that is the scary thing. Okay, that's how. That's why it's you have a major concern with how they're playing, and you're kind of in that situation where you're saying, you know what, I, I. <laughs> it's um. Uh, going back for years here on the Micro K Show, Joey Salvia was the original one of the original producers of the show, and he used to write jingles and you know, Mangini, bum 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 bum, and you know. Uh, Pedro sitting under the mango tree and so he had all, all kind of different liners um, and one of them was to Don LaGreca it's okay to love again you can talking about his rooting his fandom for the Giants where Don is which is really tough to do but you give him great credit to do that is that he and a lot of us struggle with it but we do it we get through it is that you put your fandom aside and you have to look at your team and be honest with the audience and say, you know what? This team is struggling. They're not as good as we think they are. Sounds like be this.
0: Do not afraid to love again.
2: Mm-hmm. Stand by your team. Continue, Joey.
0: You must commit, done you? Call yourself a fan. Stop acting like a little Nancy. Stand by your team. Wait for it.
1: The flute at the end is perfect, and so that's what you're looking. So I understand why. While the Nick fan is like a roller coaster. They're not going to go, this is what you expect. See, they just build us up to let us down. I don't think they're going to they're gonna be in this 10th. They're going to lose all their games. I get, I get why you have that fear that you're going to be let down again. And so for the last three games, you're looking at this, and we're prisoners of the moment, but still the team has exceeded expectations. Now, does that mean that we're happy with the way they play? No. Does that mean that it's okay that they look the way they do? No. But it just means to have some perspective and say, okay, we're riding it. Let's see how they go these next seven. Let's see what they're able to do. Let's see how they perform. And then once they get to the postseason, we'll evaluate it. Because clearly, remember, this is not a finished product for this Nick team. Okay, they actually took a step back by not getting to the play-in last year. This year should have been last year. right? You follow a four seed, better teams, you know, out of the pandemic and all that madness that happened. And then you get a fifth seed. Okay. Now you move on. So you're building something you're building this way. They took a step back to build more. So we'll, we'll really evaluate it when we go forward to see just how well this team is going and what needs to happen because clearly they need more players. They're on the right track with a point guard, but they need more players. Friends of Massapequa, what's up, Fran?
0: Larry, what's up, babe? How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. What's going on?
0: I'm in this, like, a 30-30-30-30 club. All my teams. The Bears, 30 years. The Islanders, 30 years. The Knicks, 30 years. And the Mets, 30 years. So, anybody wants to know about pain, I roofed, I mean, my, my Bears, Bears team hasn't had a quarterback since McMahon, and now they got this gentleman in the fields is just unbelievably, I'm happy with him. Yeah. But, I wanted to just talk about the Knicks and it is what it is. I think like that's why I brought up the 30 years. These teams haven't won in 30 years. And it's just, it's almost like that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, look at the Mets. I mean, the the season's basically over when Diaz gets hurt. And I I don't want to hear, you know, Robertson and we'll piece it together. The season's over. These other teams are stacked in the division. It's just unbelievable. Now you go with the Knicks, the coach, you know, it was the screen. It was right. You know, we were talking. It, it's probably the coach. He takes this. He takes these teams. You know, for two, three years, maybe four years, and then, and then just something happens where they can't go any further. There's no rockets, you know, power to get them any higher than they are. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's painful. It sucks when your team don't win for 30 years, man. It, it, and that's why, you know, you get in this loser mode where. You just want to have a good regular season, you know. I'm happy just to watch the Knicks win, but you mm-hmm. look at all the games they lost at home. So it's just, I think they just—it's a—it's a thing you can't—you can't get away from. I just think that's what it is. Thanks, man.
1: All right, Fran. Thanks for the phone call. You're right. You have a pretty good young quarterback in Chicago, and Justin Fields. There's no question about that. Um, but I'll say this: thirty years my friend, it's been longer than, seems longer than 30 years since the Knicks were in the championship. Is that 40 years for the Knicks? It's a long time. It's a long time. It's like I, I always say, we, we talk about the 90s Knicks like they, they won, like they're the Yankees. Like they won four championships in five years or something like that. And with all the talent and all the success they had, they made one final, and that was in '99, in the strike-shortened season. And they were, they were, they were, they were, they had sustainable success for that decade. The '90s Knicks had sustainable success, but couldn't couldn't get it done. And so you're looking now, and it's, you know, you're you adjust expectations. You're happy to just be relevant right now and you're happy with the regular season, and you hope, and see what happens in the postseason and then what the next move is as you really start to build from scratch again. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose?
5: Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Larry. Uh, pretty much I wanted to get on um, talk about the Knicks as, sure. as usual. I think that the you're totally right. They definitely do need to win. This next game against Houston, um, the effort was just not there. Being in Miami in that in, in that arena, I just felt like they, like like many other Nick fans, that they were not going to win that game. It and it just looked like the other team just had more intensity. And this is this is the time, like you said, where you got to win and, and fight and claw for each win and. This is something that's going to be very disturbing if you know they don't finish don't don't finish at least in the play in the playoffs.
1: There's no question about it, Jose. And and you know when you see them perform like that, you just you just shake your head because you've seen them play better. Yep. See if that's how they played yeah. all the time, you'd say okay that that's who they are. But they've played that's not the same team that was winning all the games during the streak. Not exactly. even close.
5: They've, and and it was funny because I remember in the beginning when I, I started calling, they would lose the, they would lose games that they were supposed to lose and win games that they weren't supposed to. And now it's just like they've won games against Celtics and all these great teams. And then against the Hornets, they're kind of showing up flat. And I'm just like, this, this, this needs to stop. This, this, that that kind of needs to stop too. Because that to me goes to, you know, wh- what's the preparation or the leadership of the team.
1: You're right, Jose. No question about you it. Thanks for, the, thanks for the phone call, my friend. So that that's what you need. And the leaders are going to have to really try to turn things around and keep rolling. Okay? And one of those leaders is Julius Randle. And so there's got to be a way, okay, that you can get him to settle down. You love his passion, but it needs to be focused – in making sure that he punishes the opponent, not punishing at his teammate. And is he the first guy to yell at the teammate? No. Is he the last guy to yell at the teammate? <laughs> no, he's not. It happens all the time. It happens when yelling at coaches. It happens position play. We All the time, it, all the time. It's the emotion, as Tom Thibodeau said in his cut that we played earlier. But it's how you respond to that. That's the main thing. You guys can continue to vote on our poll question with the Knicks, but when we return, we'll turn our attention to the New York Jets. Dennis Wozniak of the AP joins me next on 98.7
0: ESPN.